The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman. Dr. Bill is a TV host, New York Times bestselling author, two-time Guinness World Book record holder, fitness guru, celebrity cosmetic dentist, and philanthropist who founded the Leap Foundation. Here's Dr. Bill. Hey, Dr. Bill here. I am so excited. This has the potential to be the best Meet the Mentor ever. I got so inspired by watching the masterclass and seeing how Alicia Keys incorporated her piano into her whole ordeal that when I started speaking to my friend Patrick, who is a Broadway singer, actor, dancer, triple threat, I thought, you know what? We need to do this with a piano at my place. So he's literally in the next room, sitting at my baby grand piano, and you are going to have a musical treat today at the end of our little conversation. What is Meet the Mentor? Meet the Mentor is an opportunity for me to bring you really amazing, famous, and interesting people to tell you the secrets of their success. We've had Mark Wahlberg, Anthony Hopkins, Paula Abdul, Michael Strahan, Jason Alexander, uh, Chris Voss, um, who wrote Never Split the Difference, um, Apollo Ono, Kathy Bates. I mean, on and on and on and on and on. And we bring in actors and singers and writers and firefighters and doctors and you name it. And the whole idea is to give you guys kind of the secrets of their success. Why do we do this? Every year we run a program called LEAP. LEAP is a motivational leadership program for high school and college students that we do at UCLA. Now, it's always been in person until the pandemic hit. This year we did it virtually. And LEAP will be in July 2021 from the 18th to the 24th at UCLA and it will be live because I got vaccinated and you will too by then, hopefully. Um, if not, it'll be virtual, but whether we do it live or virtual or together, it will happen and it will be epic. So please get more information on LEAP. Go to www.leapfoundation.com. You can go ahead and sign up now and um, save your spot, all right? So without further ado, I am going to introduce you to our mentor for today. This is Patrick Ortiz. He is a multifaceted performer and entertainer, taking on roles in various mediums. Credits include TV, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, One Life to Live, and the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. On Broadway, his credits include West Side Story, Mamma Mia, and regionally he did Boz, Star-Crossed Love, Romeo and the U.S. Ballroom Couple, The Brat Pack, L.A., Alter Boys, and the Muni production of West Side Story, Mamma Mia in Vegas, and then on the road, Kathy Rigby's Peter Pan and Orchid, and a burlesque circus. His education includes a BFA in musical theater from Cal State Fullerton. Patrick also has over 15 years of experience teaching dance, 
theater workshops and vocal coaching, as well as being an accomplished pianist. If you want to follow him on Instagram, it is patrick.m.ortiz, O-R-T-I-Z. Without further ado, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Patrick. Hi, Dr. Bell, thank you for having me. All right, so you're sitting there in front of the piano. We will get you to play something a little bit later, but how did this whole thing start? Like, when did you actually start really enjoying and knowing that music was a passion of yours? Um, well, I started playing piano um, actually around the age of four. I started um, playing by ear. So it was a gift that was just came naturally. Um, and I would listen to my older sister practice her piano and I would sit and listen and then follow her and then replicate exactly what she was just practicing. So that's where I started music. Um, but I didn't start theater and the performing arts until around 16 years old in high school. So I kind of got a later start comparatively to other people in the business, but it's never too late to start. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you started playing and you know, when you first started playing piano, were you also like playing and taking voice lessons and all that? Or were you just really into like the musical aspect? Yeah, so I was I was strictly a musician. Um, when I was a kid and growing up, I was uh, I was into sports. I played soccer for 16 years. I played tennis, track and field, and I was super into science and math. I would do the mathlete competitions and um, stuff like that. So theater was kind of like this other world that I wasn't aware of. Um, although my my parents definitely brought a lot of musical influence you know we would we would always watch actually West Side Story um, as kids we would pull the coffee table out from uh, the living room and me and my brother and my sister and my mom would dance to uh, America from West Side Story because we're all Puerto Ricans so what better is there a musical than to do with Puerto Ricans you know so so yeah so there was um, little like breadcrumbs that were always like placed around my life but um, yeah, until I was around 16 was when I started, I stopped the sports, stopped the academics. And I was like, oh my gosh, theater is something that I have to do. Like I have to do it whether or not, I mean, money wasn't an issue, but at, when you're 16, but it's something that I would do whether or not I was being paid, you know? And that's when I really discovered and kind of like started building my world around theater. I know that you know, as as a Broadway performer, there were a, a class of you guys that they call a triple threat, meaning you sing, you dance, and you act. How did you develop all three of those? Because at first you just started off, you're playing the piano, and you didn't really know that you had this this amazing voice. And then, you know, you go into high school and you start doing, you know, production and you, you realize that you have a voice, but really to be a triple threat, to be a Broadway actor, you need to develop all three of these. Tell me how that happened and what the road was for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not easy. <laughs> Trust me, like even um, today with, you know, all the experience, it's still hard, you know, balancing and maintaining each of your um, abilities. Um, but you just kind of got to, you just got to go for it. You got to not be hesitant. You got to have a confidence 
and you kind of got to throw yourself into whatever medium you're trying to accomplish. You know, um, I, I picked up dance pretty easily because of my athletic background. So I attribute that, but, um, acting, you know, acting was something that took a, a lot more, uh, was harder for me to warm up to just because, um, it is, it is a teaching acting technique. Isn't so like black and white. There's a lot of gray areas and stuff and uncertainty, but you know what I found with, um, acting and dance and singing, just the more you do it, the more repetition that you do, the more comfortable you'll feel about doing it. And whether or not it's your strongest, um, strongest characteristic or strongest trait, it's at least comfortable. So that way you can present it with confidence and you can make the audience believe that you know what you're doing per se. So, yeah, so it's important to know your strengths, know what you're good at and apply it to everything. Now, I know a big part of your success you attribute to your training and getting your BFA. Um, can you kind of talk about what that road was like? Because there's a lot of students out there that, you know, may be interested in pursuing a career in Broadway and acting. And there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. I mean, you can, you know, train privately. You could take lessons and all that. But I think for you, it kind of all came together when you were able to go into that BFA program because it was an opportunity for you to actually focus on acting, singing, and dancing. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that and tell you know people listening what it takes to A, get into a program like that, stay in a program like that, and what the training was like in that program like that. Yeah, yeah, a lot of, yeah, a lot of um, kids ask me, they're like, what school should I go to? What school should I go to? And I'm like, it, the school is not really as important. You know, once, once you have, once a school has a good program and good teachers and good faculty, what really makes a difference is how much you put into your work, you know, because you can go to the best school and if you're, you're only giving 80%, then you're going to get 80% back. Whatever you put in is what you're going to get back. And, um, and our, our program was um, incredibly competitive, which, I feel like was beneficial because you get a taste of what the real world is going to be like. It started around 130 kids and it's a cut program. So the first two years they make a cut <clears throat> after every semester, which is super stressful, but you know, that's the nature of this business. It gives you a taste of what's in store for you. So, so our class got narrowed down from 130 to 11, um, and that's over a span of two years, the first two years. Um, and we had to do uh, singing juries. We had to do um, dance juries and three different types of dance, tap, jazz, and ballet. And we had to do acting uh, juries. We had to do, and we were also competing or not competing, but jurying with the acting majors and jurying with the dance majors. And what does jurying mean? Basically, it's an assessment to see um, how well you're progressing, to see what so level So almost you're at. like an audition, like you have to keep auditioning and auditioning and auditioning. Yeah. One of the greatest exercises my musical theater teacher did was she would throw out random, uh, every Monday we had to show up to class and she would tell us on Friday over the, the um, she would tell us on Friday what the audition was, what we had to prepare and what role we were going for. And so we just got used to kind of just throwing ourselves out there and just being like, okay, I'm going to sing this. I'm going to try it. I, even though I learned it a uh, day ago and 
and to kind of just like let loose and let your inhibitions go and just go for it. Um, yeah, it was a really helpful, beneficial tool. All right. So you're in this BFA program. You're getting this amazing training. Now, you didn't graduate from that program because something amazing happened along the way. What happened? Yeah, that's correct. So um, so before I went to college, before um, I started, I had auditioned for the revival of West Side Story on Broadway. I made it all the way to the end um, and I didn't make it because, and I'm grateful because I still needed some growing to do, you know, everything happens at the right time. So um, it just so happened that at the end of my junior year, the casting director had my phone number and he was like, we need a replacement immediately on Broadway. Are you able to fly out? I flew out. Um, I did the dance audition again and I got to read the sides for Chino for Arthur Lawrence who wrote the script, which was incredible. And um, I booked the job and I literally had to, uh, they're like, great. So we're going to offer you a position in the Broadway company. Can you move out to, or you start rehearsal in three days? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but it was great. You know, it's better that way because you don't get a opportunity to second guess or think you just kind of got to go. And, and, and that was like the beginning, like, like that, that was where you took off. I mean, First, you did West Side Story. You did that for, what, three years? Yeah, I did the Broadway company. And then after it closed, um, I joined the national and international tour and of West Side Story as a swing. And I got to travel the U.S., Canada, Mexico, even end up in Japan, which was a great opportunity. Um, What's a swing, Patrick? So a swing in musical theater is... Um, a position, usually an offstage position that covers multiple roles in case someone's injured or sick or calls out. Um, and swing is a hard job because you have to be a triple threat to cover everyone or different positions. Um, and you also have to have uh, the mental capability of memorizing very quickly. So it's a very specific niche that if you're good at, You'll work forever in the business. All right. So from West Side Story, you went on to Mamma Mia. You went on to Boz. You did, you know, I mean, give me just kind of a quick rundown of what you did. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. I mean, um, I so since I booked my um, Broadway show, you know, I, I was lucky enough to um, find an agency. Um, Block Talent was my first agent. And... Um, you know, they help with auditions and they pushed me and expand um, to expand further beyond just dancing and just singing. They wanted me to model. They wanted me to do commercial. And so I was kind of like picking it up and learning as I go. Um, honestly, through YouTube, you know, we are so lucky in this day and age that like if you're given a problem, you don't really know how to fix it or how to address it. Um, look it up on YouTube and someone else has dealt with it before and has a way to figure it out, you know? Um, but, but yeah, but um, I'm fortunate enough that after Westside, I've, I've been going from contract to contract only uh, working as an actor, which is uh, a rare thing, but I'm very fortunate. I mean, it's pretty incredible. You did Westside Story. You did 
Mamma Mia, you did the Brat Pack, Altar Boys. I mean, on and on and on. Kathy Rigby's Peter Pan. I mean, this is amazing. If I were a young student right now and I really felt like musical theater was my passion, what kind of advice would you give to these students? Yeah, I would... You know, I heard this one time um, from a teacher and it stuck with me is that in order to succeed in this business, you need three things. <laughs> you need talent, you need discipline, and you need um, a good work ethic, but emphasis in the reverse order. So you need a good work ethic first and then discipline over your talent and then talent. Because I can't tell you how many times I always am observing in auditions, observing other people's auditions and mine, but I can't tell you how many times I'll be in an audition or callback and see a friend or a colleague who I know is incredibly right for a role or incredibly gifted and talented, and they won't get it over someone who showed up prepared, on time, rehearsed, well rehearsed, you know, those people will always book the job over someone who's just relying on talent. So it's important that you maintain an equal balance of all three of those things. Um, another <clears throat> important trick I learned is that um, auditioning is just an absolute nightmare. It's horrible. No one likes it. It's, it's not fun. It's nerve wracking. I, I compare it to like dating, you know, you go on <clears throat> all these dates, you get ready and all primped and then you get rejected in 30 seconds and then you just have to move on. It's not fun. Um, but a way that I kind of navigate around that is um, setting where and um, sticking to where I seek validation from. So if I seek my validation from those people behind the table, you know, there's unlimited variables that can have an out, a negative outcome. So if I'm worried about what they think of me, whatever, then it's, I'm always setting myself up for you know, a letdown. But if I seek my validation from myself, if I walk into an audition with a checklist, okay, am I rehearsed? Yes. Am I singing on pitch? Am I connected to the material? Did I achieve my objective? I come in with this list of things that I can walk away from the audition and check off. Did I do this, this, maybe not this so much, definitely did this. And then I can leave an audition, not worried about if I got a call back or if I booked it because I already did my checklist of things I needed to accomplish and then I can move on. And I feel like addressing auditions in that aspect is a lot more healthier, <laughs> you know? I agree, I agree. One of the things I love asking actors and performers, and I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this, but if you had to look back over your career and I know you're, you're really <laughs> right at the beginning of a very illustrious and long career, what would you say was like your big break? Was it West Side Story or was there something else that? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I would say West Side Story at 20 years old on Broadway was, was my big break. I mean, I, I recall um, people <laughs> asking me, so what's your dream role? And I'm like, I'm kind of doing it right now. So I got to pick a new one. <laughs> Which was um, were there ever awesome. were there ever times when you literally just wanted to like pinch yourself? Like, I, I mean, I know that there have been a few times in my life 
when I, I just like, is this real? Like, is this really happening to me? And, you know, you kind of do this out of body thing where you look at yourself and you're like, wow, like this is real. Did, did that happen to you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's happened a lot, <laughs> a lot. Uh, favorite story is when um, I got to record um, a, a song for West Side Story on an album called Carols for a Cure. The Broadway community, each show does one number and they record an album. And I sang for West Side Story, I sang a solo. And I was in the recording studio recording it and um, Bernadette Peters, um, in case you don't know, she's Broadway icon, Amazing. legend. Yeah. <laughs> she, was, um, she was recording next and she was listening to me sing. And I walked out of the recording studio and was starstruck and she gave me a compliment. She said, you sounded lovely. What show are you from? I said, West Side Story. She's like, great, I haven't seen it, but I've heard great things. And I was just like beside myself <laughs> that I was having a conversation with Bernadette Peters. It was, it was absolutely amazing. I love moments like that. I love yeah. moments like that. So I know you've been you know, in musical theater and, and I'm sure that you have a favorite song um, or something that you can maybe show our students. So I've asked you to prepare something. So would you mind giving us a little uh, musical interlude? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll stick to my story. So I'll sing you something um, from Westside since it's so near and dear to my heart. <clears throat> awesome. Go for it. Awesome. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, okay, Patrick, any last words of advice that you can give our students? Honestly, just trust your gut and stick to your passion. If this is something that you're truly passionate about or whatever your passion is, you got to do it because it's what you do. <laughs> and if students want to reach you, um, I'm sure they can DM you on Instagram. What's your Instagram again? Totally. Yeah. You can follow me at patrick.m.ortiz. DM me and you can follow me along through whatever I'm working on, all my different projects. And final thing, what's next for Patrick in your illustrious career? You know, I'm um, sticking to uh, uh, the TV and film world. So we'll see what's next on that horizon. <laughs> what can they watch you on? Has your Zoe thing come out yet? Yeah, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist um, was incredible. I did a guest star role 
I played opposite of Alex Newell. I played his boyfriend, which was in absolutely incredible. Uh, sing a couple songs. I did it six episodes and you can watch it on NBC. I think it's on Hulu. Awesome. Patrick, thank you so much. That was amazing. I think it was my best Meet the Mentor yet. And uh, I look forward to your career just continuing to explode. And I know that when you know the pandemic is done, there'll be so many more things for you to do. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are a student watching this and you want more information on LEAP, please go to www.leapfoundation.com and join us live 2021, 2020. I saw this commercial that said it was this, it was a cartoon and it had this woman who was like 95 and she said, you know, we don't really need to count 2020 as a year. I want to just skip that one. So I think a lot of us feel that way. Let's make 2021 awesome. And I hope to see you guys at Leap. Dr. Bill, over and out. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash leapfoundation or on Instagram at leapfoundation. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.